0: And welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Praise the Lord. Trey's back. Hey. It's good to see my brother. Trey is amazing. Normally, I would start off doing day 12. We're on day 12. Amen. Praise the Lord. I am so proud of everyone. Um there are several of you that have texted and, and said that y'all started uh, changing the fast of this or doing that. God is speaking to you about things and uh, several of you are doing so many different things and it's amazing. Uh, those of you who are, you know, just doing this for the first time, I'm proud of every single one of you. Fasting is not easy. It's a challenge. It's difficult. it It's a mental game. Um, the enemy likes to... Likes to play games with your mind, which is why this is so important, right? Because it teaches you just how important uh, what you think about is. It teaches you just how important what you focus on is, right? If you're not fasting with us, don't worry about it. You're fine. Uh, This is not a requirement or a commandment. This is an opportunity, right? If you want to join us, jump in. There's still plenty of time. We still have quite a bit to go. We're about a little a little over halfway there, okay? So, we, you know, you're doing good. Uh, those of you who are cutting out social media, I'm praying for you, because it's not easy. One of my issues I'm having right now is, uh, uh, can I just be real? I, I, I sit there for hours and watch cooking videos. It, it's weird. But that's how I cope, because I can't eat, so I, I, I pretend. <sighs> and then I go drink some A1 sauce, and then I go on. <sighs> you think I'm playing. I'm, I'm out. I need to go get some more. Um, it, it works. <laughs> it gets me by. But I realize for myself, like, that's not healthy either. You know, so, you know, pulling myself away from other things to sit there and watch how to make pizza seven different ways isn't a great thing. So I'm I'm working on that too, realizing in myself, you know, what needs to change. And my wife thinks I'm crazy, but what's new, right? <laughs> Those of you who are, doing the complete fast I'm praying for you I know that's difficult only liquids it's a it's a real challenge and um, it breaks you down it really breaks you down you know it breaks you down physically mentally emotionally every decision you've never had more free food offered to you in your life you know that's just how it goes If you're doing the Daniel fast, it's just as difficult because you're eating, but you really can't eat what you want. And so it's almost torture. Anybody know what I'm feeling on that? Yeah. Those of you who are doing that, I've been there. It's like I can eat, but I'm like not ever satisfied. Yeah. It's all hard. It's all hard, no matter what you're doing. Right. It's all a test. It's all a struggle. But it builds character. It builds dependence on God versus dependence on your flesh versus dependence on this world. And my prayer is that you're seeking God through it, is that you're pursuing God in it. If you're not fasting, I wanna encourage you to join us. Normally I do a, a recap and all that, but I, I feel led to do something different this morning. Um, we talked a lot last week about having all of these amazing abilities spiritually and these gifts and things we can do. And, you know, if we have this faith and this this prophecy ability, this understanding, if we give our, our lives to be burned for the sake of the kingdom, but if we don't love each other, then we have nothing. That's what the scripture teaches us. If we don't have love for one another, then we're missing the whole point. And I feel at times it's so easy for me to just kind of go and do what I know I'm supposed to do and what is normal. Uh, I'm a preacher, so I love to preach, you know, so it, it's easy for me to just jump in here and just go on that track. Uh, but I do not feel that what I was going to share right now is what I need to share. Um, Last week, I ended by talking about how we're pursuing God's presence, not performance, right? And it's easy for me. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that it's easy for me to just go and do that, just go and start preaching or just go and do what I'm, I'm supposed to do and perform, per se. Um, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do this morning. I feel that there are people in this room that you're literally hanging on to your last thread that's what I feel I feel like there's people in this room that are searching for hope and if I just go about my plan I feel like we'll completely miss what God wants to do right now I don't know um I I don't know why but I just feel there's people here that are are here because they need answers They're here because they've lost hope, they've lost purpose, they've lost direction. And I don't know if you're thinking about suicide. I don't know if you're thinking about leaving your spouse. I don't know what it is. I just feel that we need to completely shift gears right now. And we need to be what we talked about last week. We need to love each other. So I want to do, Gilbert, if you don't mind, if you could play something for us. Um, I would like the prayer team to come down here. If you're on our prayer team, uh, Pastor Mark, Stacy. um, This is not our norm. But here's what I I want to do. If you are here this morning and you need. You need prayer and I'm not just talking like, hey, agree with me that, you know. I get a I get a raise. Now, all that's great, but if you literally are struggling this morning, you're battling this morning, you need to come down here. Don't worry about how you look, what else is going on, who else is seeing you, what your family thinks. It does not matter. Right now, you need the presence of the Lord. You need a touch from the King, right? And we're just people. But the Bible says that when we stand together in agreement that anything will be possible, that anything we ask, he will do. And so right here, right now, there is no more message that's important than us coming together and asking for prayer and believing for something miraculous. For those of you who want to get out of your seat, chosen not to yet, get out of your seat. And if all you can do is stand up or lift your hand, just do that and we'll send someone to you. taken an idea or a, an idea has been given to you a thought has been given to you a belief has been given to you and you believe it to be true and so when when you're confronted with the truth about that thing it's hard to accept that god thinks differently about it it's hard to accept that god says otherwise about it because you believed it to be true that's called deception you don't what happened to Adam and Eve in the fall. She was deceived. She did not realize what was happening to her. This is how the enemy works. He presents to you an opportunity. He presents to you a thought. He presents to you a belief. And when you take that belief as gospel, you take that belief as truth and run with it, it can cause havoc in your life. And so, what I want to pray against is deception. Because the enemy is a master of deception. And deception will cause you to believe things that simply aren't true. You can believe things about yourself, about your identity. You can believe things about your future that has not happened yet, but somehow you believe something that can happen or will happen. You can believe the worst. Things that have not happened yet and be deceived. This is where we find truth. This is the source of all truth. And when we believe anything that goes against this, we have been deceived. Maybe this morning you've been deceived into thinking that your life doesn't matter. It is not true. Maybe you believed into thinking that if I just do this, I'll be happy again. And it's not true. Or if I just have this, I'll be happy again. It's just not true. There is only one answer to what you're searching for. And it is the very presence of the Lord. It is the very presence of the Lord. Whatever you're hoping for, that's supposed to fix you, that's supposed to make you happy, that's supposed to turn everything around for you, I'm guaranteeing you right now that if it does not involve him, it is not the right thing. The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. So I'm here to tell you this morning, the only answer, the only hope, the only truth, and the only thing that can fill you, that can heal you, that can raise you, that can encourage you is the presence of the Lord. And so, Lord, we pray this morning against every lie of the enemy, against every bad report, against every vain imagination, against every thought that has tried to come against us, against every idea that is not true that has been deceptive that has come to lie to us that has come to trick us I pray against every thought of death, divorce suicide confusion and we speak life this morning we speak health this morning to every situation We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. For where your spirit is, there is freedom. There is liberty. I pray for healing this morning. Healing in our minds. Healing in our bodies. Healing in our relationships. I pray for restoration in Jesus' name. Restoration against every attack, every plan of the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We thank you, Jesus, for restoration this morning. Lord, we ask that you protect our children. Cover them. Protect them. Be with them. Speak to them. Minister to their hearts, minister to their minds. I hear the Lord saying that He's chiseling off the layers, the layers, the multiple layers. of callousness and hardened stone around your heart. There are people in this room, young and old, and there is a hard heart in you. There is a hard heart in you. Because of life, because of events, because of things that have happened, you've hardened your heart. You've hardened your heart towards his presence. You believe, but you're not connected. If that's you this morning. I want you to be brave this morning. I want you to just lift your hand wherever you're at. If you've had a hardened heart. Lord, we pray that you do what only you can do this morning and begin to remove every every measure of of hardness around our hearts. I pray you chisel off the years of holding on to things that have happened, the years of pain, the years of bitterness. We rebuke that bitterness in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you right now that you begin to chisel away the hardness around our hearts. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart this morning and just say, Jesus, do it. Do the work. Surrender to the Lord this morning. Surrender to the Lord this morning. All all hearts surrender this morning. All hearts surrender this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. you, Holy Spirit. Just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Just tell him, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're healing my heart. You're healing my heart. It's true. there is one area that I think I failed to mention to prepare us in when going into this fast. And that is the element of spiritual warfare. I forgot. And now that we're in it, it's it's very apparent to me what's going on. Spiritual warfare always comes whenever we go into a fast. It is literally the point. Jesus went into the wilderness after he was baptized to go fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And while he was in the wilderness, he went and tussled with the devil. Elijah fasted and had to get into some serious conflicts. Moses fasted and was always at war, was always dealing with um, many issues. Spiritual warfare is part of it. It's part of the process. It is a requirement of what you're going through. And so if you feel it, you're supposed to, that means, it's working. If you feel that fight, if you feel that resistance, um, if you feel the enemy trying to distract you, that is literally the fast doing what it's supposed to do. It is uh, part of the process. To be to be honest, it was pretty easy. The first week for me, um, going through it, just kind of, I had already mentally made the shift and a lot of it is mental, so I was already there mentally for a while and and going into the fast, I was like, I'm, I'm good, you know, uh, no, no issue. And then we get a call on Tuesday morning uh, from my kid's school and they tell me that Joelle hit his head and looked like he had a seizure. And when you get that phone call, everything stops. And immediately, I said, oh, okay. I knew exactly what was happening. Um, It was that moment when you're reminded that this is a fight. And so, you know, I get to the school and um, the ambulance is there and he's in the office and he's really scared and he's crying and his legs are shaking. And the way they described it to me, and they were in chapel, by the way, they were singing worship music. They were in a church service for their, you know, the kids when this happened. The devil is a liar. And and Joel, he loves to sing, and he just remembers singing. He just remembers standing there, sing, he's on the front row, he's singing, he's singing worship songs. And then his vision gets blurry and his heart starts to hurt and he faints and nothing is there to break his fall. So he hit the ground really hard and um, busted his chin wide open. He's really proud of his stitches, so I'm sure he'll show them to you whenever you see him, but he hits the ground so hard it just splits open his his chin and there's blood everywhere and they said, you know, he started to, what they described was a seizure, um, which obviously is the big concern. You hear those words and you get worried immediately, you know. We're in the ambulance, and the moment I knew he was going to be okay was when he started to crack jokes. Because if you know my son, <laughs> he's my son. He's just always cracking jokes. We're in the ambulance, and, you know, they're they're going through their, their procedures, and they want to make sure it wasn't a blood sugar thing, that he didn't have some sort of blood, you know, diabetes issue. I'm like, no, you don't got diabetes. I said, well, let's check his blood sugar. And so they're telling him, hey, we have to get, we have to get blood from you, so we're going to poke your finger. He goes, you need, you need my blood? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we need your blood. And just imagine, you know, this kid, he's got this big old bandage. He's strapped to a, a ambulance chair or gurney, whatever it's called, and I'm sitting there all strapped in. And I'm looking at him. He goes, you need my blood? And they're like, Yeah, we need your blood. He goes, Can't you just get it from my chin? <laughs> I said, This dude, I said, I think he's gonna be okay. <laughs> and then he looks at me, he goes, I like to make jokes, it's how I deal with things. I was like, Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> The doctor later tells us that it wasn't a seizure that he fainted for one of many possible reasons one of which is possibly he's not drinking enough water so if you see me throwing water bottles at his face you know why um he could have just held his breath too much singing he could have locked his knees there's so many different reasons he was sick the week before he had fever and all kinds of stuff there's so many different reasons he could have Fainted, but uh, they think that his face hitting the ground caused that what they looked like seizure activity. I find out later that that happens to a lot of men in the delivery room Uh, when they, Jesse, be on guard. Um, When they, when, when their wife is trying to push and and the men are taught to like try to do that with them and they do it so hard they pass out. (laughs) This happens all the time uh men faint they hit the ground and the body is trying to wake itself up so it starts to shake um apparently this is just a thing just it's the adrenaline trying to wake the body up so he's perfectly fine praise the lord but it reminded me yeah but in that ambulance i'm like Because if the enemy can't get to you, he's going to get to your kid. And if he can't get to your kid, he's going to get to your spouse. The enemy comes for the family. He comes for what matters. So if you feel attacked, welcome. It's kind of the point. So what I will do this morning, and then I will pray us, or let Jasmine pray us out. I want to share just this much from my message. I'll just give you the point. Can we just get to the point? Get to the point. (laughs) Instead of reading the whole chapter of Joshua 24, Malachi, if you can get to verse 14. this is a section of scripture that is pretty famous. We all have heard this. We've likely have it written on our on our home somewhere. We likely some of us have the, you know, the nice little plaques of sayings in our home. Peace be still. Praise the Lord. This is one of those we 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 know this, we've heard this, but it's highly likely you don't know what's before it, which is why I love the Bible. Because people like to pick out the good, the good little phrase, the quotable stuff, the stuff you can put online. But I need you to see this because Joshua is drawing a line in the sand. He is literally speaking to a generation of people who have seen God move time and time and time again. He is literally speaking to a group of people who are not dumb, who are not without experience, who, who have witnessed God do miracles, who have witnessed God provide for them at every turn, and yet they struggle to serve God fully. And if that sounds familiar... It's because that is how the enemy works. If he can't get you to not believe in God, he will try to disrupt the way you serve God. Because if he can disrupt how you serve God, then maybe your children won't ever even go near God. You understand? To create this generational issue to where then you have an entire generation growing up who don't know God at all because their parents struggled to serve God. And whatever your struggle is in moderation, your children will experience in excess. So he's trying to get an entire generation on the same page. This is the difficulty of every leader to try and get a group of people who have their own mind, their own heart, their own will, their own desires, their own passions, their own goals, their own dreams on the same page. It is incredible to me that God would call men to do such things (laughs) because it's almost impossible. But here Joshua is trying to tell an entire generation of people who know God to serve him. Or do something else. So in Joshua 24 14, he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Everybody say, Fear the Lord. Fear. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems undesirable to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We all like that last part. But Joshua is drawing a line in the sand and he's saying, listen, we crossed the river to get away from what was on the other side of that river. We crossed that river to escape what was on the other side of that river. Why are we trying to serve anything that's connected to what's back there? Serve the Lord, fear the Lord. Put away the gods, which your fathers on the other side of that river worship. He's saying, listen, you might have learned things from your fathers. You might have learned things from your family. You might have inherited these beliefs. You might have inherited these issues. But today is a new day. Choose today who you will serve. And then he boldly declares, as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. You need to stop playing games. That's just the point. You cannot play games with God and expect all the blessings from God. You're either going to go across that river back to what you knew and what's comfortable and what's easy and what's familiar, or you're going to go forward and trust God And allow him to chisel away all the garbage that you've carried with you for so many years. You have to choose. You have to choose who you're going to serve. And if that means saying goodbye to things and to people and to situations, then you need to say goodbye. Because you can't have the thing hanging on your house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and you're not doing it. You have to. You have to make a decision. You can't act as if everything else in your life is compartmentalized and God's over here. That's not how he works. He wants all of you or nothing. That's how he works. It's an all or nothing deal. You're either gonna serve God all the way or not at all. Either let's go forward and let's pursue him and let's trust him and whatever may come, we're gonna thank him in the process. We're going to love him in the process, and we're going to trust that God is going to take care of us in the process. Or we're going to forget God altogether. You hear the kids? <laughs> Praise the Lord. They're having fun. This, this little verse here, it really hit me hard in verse 15, if you can throw that up. It says and if it seems undesirable to you to serve the Lord, then choose this day whom you will serve. Man, that is such a clear definitive description of what I see constantly. That people want God, but they find his ways undesirable. They they want to go to heaven, but they don't want to serve him to get there. <laughs> they find serving God undesirable. What do you mean I have to read the Bible? What do you mean I have to go to church? What do you... All these... Like, what? I don't have to do anything. I get to, man. This is a joy to me. I can... I can stand here and tell you, you do not have to twist my arm to preach. No one is making me do this. I'm not one of those. I've met them. Trust me. I'm not one of those guys. Oh, my God, I got to preach again. I got to write another sermon. Bro, I've got six months planned. You better watch out. I almost take any opportunity to go preach. I love it. It's what I'm called to do. You don't got to twist my arm to serve the Lord. And if I got to twist yours, which side of the river are we going to do this on? Either we're going to go back there and figure it out or we're going to go this way. But we, which side? because if it seems undesirable for you to serve the Lord this is going to be a long walk this is going to be a real long walk you know why it's it's a joy to me to serve the Lord because I look at the next generation and I say we're going to do whatever we can to do right by you we're going to make sure we build something that we can go here Give it all you got. Because I'm not going to be the person that doesn't give it everything that I have and expect that God's just going to give me everything he has. I don't believe it works like that. Salvation, free. Free. But if you are trying to serve God halfway, mm -mm, you will never get the results you're looking for. Because when those days happen and you get phone calls like I got on Tuesday, it's so easy to react in a way that is fearful, in a way that you start questioning God and you start saying, God, where were you? I was praising God, man. I'm like, this boy's cracking jokes ten minutes later. Praise the Lord. you can you can choose to respond one way or another, but I guarantee you your response is based on your relationship. I'll close with this. Go all the way down to find it. No. I'll share that next time. That means you have to come back next week. the Lord. (laughs) Jasmine's cutting up on the front row. Somebody come get her. Oh, wait, Gilbert's right there. (laughs) Oh, man. Fasting is, um, is a test. I know a lot of people don't like tests, but it's kind of the measuring stick, you know? And I'm not trying to measure up to you or anybody else, but it's more for myself. Like, I need to know where I'm at, right? You you go to school. You take a test. Why do they give you a test? Find out if you're paying attention, right? It's a measuring stick. It's for you also to see where you're at. When I was in school, man, I hated school. Don't even get me started. I hated school. I only did bare minimum to get by. Um, Just hated it. And so when I took a test, I was just trying to cheat. Achoo! Okay. Right? Everything I could to just get by. It's a measuring stick. It helps you see where you're at, right? I knew I was never where I needed to be. Some of my friends, uh, yeah, never got a single question wrong in all the four years of high school. It's ridiculous. Those people are literally doctors and lawyers today. Good for them. I'm doing this. Still taking tests, though. I'm still taking tests, though, but different, right? And so fasting is a test. It's a measuring stick. It helps you see where you're at. And and when you're in something like this, it's so easy to say, how little can I do? And still be fasting. It's so easy to say, how little can I fast and still be involved? And still, you know, be with the church fasting. I would much rather us say, hey, God, how much do you want me to sacrifice? How much do you want me to sacrifice? Because when we change our mindset, it's not about the results. It's about the relationship. And it's the whole point of learning that. To hear God talk to him, ask him, and let him speak to you. Whatever he says, you got to be obedient. And I guarantee you, the enemy will never tell you to fast more. I guarantee you. In fact, we know this through scripture, because the whole time Jesus was on the fast, who was there trying to get him to break it? The devil. Why don't we turn these stones into bread? You're hungry, aren't you? Ain't that the devil? I've been smelling food this whole time. That is the devil, I'm telling you. Some of y'all came in here smelling like food, and I can smell it. The the devil won't tell you to fast more. The the, the devil won't tell you to fast different. The the devil won't tell you or help you or encourage you to fast in a way that will stretch you. If you hear the voice saying, how little can I do and be involved, that's the devil. Learn to ignore that voice. Learn to say, hey, God, what do I need to sacrifice more? And learn to rely on that voice. Learn to trust that voice. Because God is faithful. And he will speak. Olivet, are you trying to distract me? (laughs) She's fine. I think I should stop there. And we'll pick up next week the, the conclusion of this series and the last Sunday before our fast concludes. And just know this, I am praying for you. And I hope that you're praying for each other. And whatever you're going through, whatever the struggle, whatever the battle, I guarantee you, finish strong. It will be worth it. Amen. Praise the Lord. for joining us this week if you would like to support our ministry you can easily do so by visiting our website pursuitcc.com also follow us on all social media outlets by using at pursuitcc thank you and god bless